I love reading romance, even with my mom. Historical, paranormal, a good rom com. We both like a grump, an alpha, and a beard. But reading with my mom, well, it gets kind of weird. I'm reading steamy scenes, getting bothered and hot. But if mom is asking, I read it for the plot. We look for swoony scenes, those moments that delight. Communication's good, and the banter's so right. So if you'd like to read along and join the group, here's a little secret I'll let you into the loop. It's just a little show that we like to dub, not your mom's romance book club. Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen and joining me as always is my mom. Hi mom. How's it going? Hello Ellen. It's going quite well. Great. Today we are having a summer free-for-all where we talk about whatever books we want and you do the same. But first, Mom, besides your book, what have you been reading and or watching? I've been watching a lot of murder shows. Yes, she has. See No Evil is the one I'm on now and it's got many seasons, so it's... It's abundant. Abundant. It's, it's one where they use a lot of video we've footage. We've definitely talked about See No Evil before. Okay. Because well, we've been watching it for a long time. Sorry. I'm just saying. <laughs> so I've been watching a lot of that. Um, my husband and I went to the movies and we saw the Brad Pitt venue of Bullet Train. Um, it was quite fun. Very violent. Mm -hmm. Very violent. But, you know, in a fun way. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so this was my first week of school. How'd that go for you, Ellen? <sighs> I am very sleepy. I'm very tired. I'm just, um, I'm very tired. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm very exhausted. Um, the kids are nice kids. We're gonna be fine. However, this week was a little rough. They talk constantly. Just constantly. It's going to kill me. Um, I'm kind of hoping this week with more structure that maybe we can do a little bit better. Um, we'll see. Um, but it's been rough. And literally, I have only been working and sleeping. Because I come home and I'm getting ready for the next day. Yeah, and we have a whole lineup of shows we want to watch and we can't because Ellen won't watch anything with us. I know. Um... The only thing I have been making time for, for myself, is Big Brother. <laughs> I'm rolling my eyes. I, I know this is a podcast where you can't see my face, but just know this. You can probably hear my eyes rolling. <laughs> but the good thing with Big Brother is that it's, um, like, I can watch the live, like, I can have the live feeds on in the background and not be, like, paying that close attention to them while I'm doing stuff that I need to do. And literally all weekend I've been working. So I've had them on and like shit has been going down. It's been really juicy and fun this weekend. So that's like the only thing I have to myself this week is Big Brother. So don't take that away from me, Mother. I Did I take anything away? <sighs> no. Um, so yeah, I have like, I have lots of crazy things about this week that I could get into, but I won't because <laughs> it's just kind of... Well, and you probably shouldn't share stuff about correct. other people's children. Yes, definitely. Um, but yeah, it's been, a, it's been a weird, crazy, intense week. Um, 
And, you know, with first year teaching, it's like I don't have any lesson plans figured out. I don't know the curriculum very well. So that's also been a factor is just trying to figure out how to navigate all that stuff. So um, this is all leading up to me saying, I didn't read a book this week. <laughs> um, because What? <laughs> I mean, um, usually like Saturday is my book reading day. And, um, I was making lessons all day. Figuring out science curriculum. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The science curriculum. But I was figuring out lessons all weekend. Um, so I didn't read a book. I even was going to listen to, um, Chris Brinkley's new book, which I do plan on listening to. Um, but I, I didn't even get to that. So, um, with that being said, we're still doing the free-for-all. We're still doing the free-for-all. I read a book. I read a very meaty book. So, you know, it kind of fills in for both of us. There you go. Um, so, how it works is that, how it typically works is mom and I both read a book. How this one is working is mom read a book, um, of her choosing. And then, and she's going to talk about her book. And then, of course, we've also, more importantly, opened it up to you guys to send in your own book reports for a book that you have recently read or just want to talk about. Um, We love these episodes. We know you guys do, too. Um, They always end up being a lot of fun, and we get to add a lot of books to our TBR that I'll probably never, ever get to. No offense. I'm just being honest. (laughs) I just know myself. Um, Okay. Mom, we're going to go to you first. Okay. And then we're going to go to all the people who sent in book reports. Um, But what did you read? I read a book, actually, that was recommended on our Facebook group. To you specifically. To me specifically. Yeah. By Ruthie. Mm -hmm. And it was called The Girl in His Shadow. And this had all the earmarks for a mom book. Yeah. Um, Historical romance. Also, lots of history in it. It's about, the book is about, it starts out with a doctor. He's a younger doctor in the prologue. And he goes to treat a family who has cholera. There's been a cholera outbreak in London. And he goes to to treat a family who's had cholera. And when he gets there, everyone in the family has died except for this eight-year-old girl. And she's on death's door. But he can't leave her there alone with no one to take care of her. So he brings him home, brings her home to his house. And his housekeeper helps him bring her back from the brink of death. And then his housekeeper wants to keep her. He lets her keep her. He lets us, he ends up raising this girl in his home. And as she's being raised in his home, she becomes very, like she really gets into helping him with his experiments and helping him with his dissections and helping him with all his medical stuff. And she becomes very knowledgeable about anatomy and very knowledgeable in the medical field. Mm-hmm. And um, it's very interesting it's kind of heavy because everybody is dying in this book. <laughs> I mean, it really makes you appreciate modern medicine mm-hmm. because they just can't treat so many of these illnesses, you know, in the right way. And, um, uh, but it's like illnesses that are probably like nothing. These like days. appendicitis. Yeah. People die all the time from I, Literally, I had an aunt who died of appendicitis when she was 10. But, um, so she, and so when she gets older, 
he ends up bringing a, because he's an older man now too, and he ends up bringing a young doctor in to help him with his clinical work in, in his, and he's living in his home. And of course, first of all, they don't get along very well in the beginning, but Ooh. then as time goes on, because he's just, he's appalled that, at the things that she does. And, um, you know, and it, just, it there's all kinds of history. Like it's King Henry VIII who made it illegal for women to practice medicine. Because King Henry VIII, we all know, was, was a bit, bit of a dick. But um, <laughs> he didn't like women. I don't know if you know this. <laughs> he was leaving them left and right. <laughs> and sorry, sorry, Brits. I don't mean to make fun of your <laughs> your history. But um, anyway, he's the one that made it illegal for women to practice. So, like, she could literally be arrested and put in jail if she practices medicine. And um, I can tell that this is the first book of a, of a series of books because it doesn't really finish. It finishes with them in love and... You know, it's it's a. Yeah, TB, I don't want to continued. give too much away. Yeah, but it's a to be continued, definitely, and the romance is also to be continued. So we'll see how this all goes. I did get the other one, but I needed I need to take a little bit of a break because, like I said, it's kind of a heavy read. Um, but I really enjoyed it. Really well written. That I loved. I was just soaking up the history and um, you know, romance to boot. So, there you go. and I would say. This is almost like a romance, a historical romance, because there's a lot of stuff going on in this book, and then the romance too. So it's it's not. I wouldn't say that romance is necessarily the focus of the book, but um, but I really enjoyed it, and I don't know that it's for everyone. But if you really like historical fiction and if you like that kind of stuff, it's well worth the read. Your sister would like that one. It sounds my like. sister would like this one. Yeah. Um. Sorry, that's just a tangent. So thank you, Ruthie, for recommending this. Yes. I did enjoy it, and I already got the second one locked and loaded, and... Way to know your audience, Ruthie. Yeah. Way to go, girl. Yeah. Um, okay. That sounds good. Definitely sounds like a mom book. It was, it was really good. Um, okay. Now we're going to turn it over to you guys, basically, for the rest of the episode. It's, it's all you. Um, so first up to bat, we have Arthur with what he's been reading. So let's hear from Arthur. Hi, Ellen, Mom, the Know Your Mode audience. This is Arthur calling in to submit two books for the Summer 2022 Free For All. Now, the first book I'll recommend is a solo novel called The House Across the Lake by Riley Sager. And this is actually his third solo novel that I've read, I really have enjoyed his work in the past, and the plot for this particular novel is, it focuses around an actor, Casey Fletcher, who is grieving her husband, who she tragically lost, he, dra- he drowned, and he, and, she, and since then, she's fallen into alcoholism, and there's been a whole bunch of uh, gossip spreading around her, social media has not been kind to her, and she just ends up falling into this downward spiral, and she got fired from her la- from her from a from a theater p- production, and her mom, who is also was also a, a an act an actor a famous actor, is now, you know, giving Casey a choice, and she's like, okay, you have to go into rehab or you need to go up to our to our lake house in Vermont and just take some time up there. To, to, re- to rest and do some self-healing. And Casey ends up going for the lake house. And it's not really, not really going, well, uh, going well up there, though. But in the meantime, 
she ends up spying on the neighbors across the lake. And the neighbors specifically are the, uh, the, the husband and wife couple. And just from there on, there are some uh, strange occurrences that unfold, and it turns into this mystery that has all of these twists and turns. And I, it, it definitely, it, you know, it, when you read this, it definitely, it reminds you a lot of, you know, things like Rear Window, or The Woman in the Window, or I guess Disturbia, basically any, any, any piece of media that involves spying on people from your home. And the dark secrets, so that, so that can unveil. And I just, I really, I really had a lot of fun with this book, and I think there's something about Roddy Sager's writing that's very sharp and just engaging. It just really like, grips, grips me, just pulls me into the, into, the, into the mystery, and, you know, I want to figure out what's happening. And without getting spoilery, the twist for this particular book, for The House Across the Lake, definitely crossed into territory that I was not expecting. I'll just, I'll say that much. It's definitely one of the more out there thrillers I've read. And I will say, I can, I can, I, I know there are some readers who have been like, okay, these twists w w went too far, they're unbelievable, and I can understand that, but just for me personally, I really, I had a good time with these twists. And so yeah, so that's the first book, The House Across the Lake by Riley Sager. And now the second book I recommend is uh, I'm Glad My Mom Died by Jeanette McCurdy. You may know her from the Nickelodeon TV show iCarly, as well as the spin-off Sam and Cat. And there's been, there, now there's been a whole bunch of news about this book uh, lately. I think even like over the past year or so, I've been hearing tons of, uh, tons of content about this book. And just how it's like, it's all about the abuse that she suffered from both her mom and uh, the creator of I call the Dan Schneider. Now, this is definitely one of the toughest books I've read as of late. Maybe even like ever. Like it, it just it deals with a lot of subjects here. A lot, a lot of trigger warnings: uh, eating disorders, uh, sexual abuse, sexual harassment, uh, a to an incredibly toxic relationship between a child and her par and her parents. It's just. It really, it really does get difficult at at points, and it's just and, and the title, even like even the way the title grabs at you, you know, I'm glad my mom died, and it's supposed to make a point that she's glad her mom is not in her life anymore to inflict all of that, just all of that trauma on her, and I would highly recommend this book if you're able to if you if you're able to stomach it. I appreciate how insightful and candid Jeanette McCurdy is in her writing. And the way it ends is, like, it's not a totally happy ending, but, you know, the way it concludes, it does leave you with a, a bit of optimism. So, you know, that's nice to have, after all of the heaviness. Again, that's I'm Glad My Mom Died by Jeanette McCurdy. And that's my book report for the summer 2022 free for all. I'm excited to hear what everyone else submits. Thanks. Bye. Thank you, Arthur. Yes, I have heard a lot about that Jeanette McCurdy book. Yeah, like you said, for a long time. Um, and also, like you said, you know, especially right now with my current state, I don't know that I want to delve into all that. But I've heard that it's, you know, at least very interesting and captivating if 
if a tough read. Um, and then the what the house across the lake. House across the lake. Yeah, that one gives me um, girl, girl on, on a train, train vibes. vibes. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking too. Even the cover kind of reminds me of um, girl on a train. Um, Arthur, thank you so much for sending in that book report and uh, sharing what you've been reading. Next up, we have Ashley with what she has been reading. Hi, Neil Yomos. This is Ashley. And the book I'd like to talk about today is Running Wild by K.A. Tucker. I'm not sure if this is a book that has previously been discussed or not, so I'm sorry if it is a repeat, but not really because this is an excellent book. Um, so before I kind of talk about my thoughts and feelings on the book, I feel like I have to at least mention The Simple Wild and also, you know, maybe give a little history with kind of my thoughts on reading The Simple Wild. When I first was getting into the genre a few years ago and discovering the romance community, even before I started listening to podcasts, I watched a lot of YouTube channels of, you know, people talking about romance books just because I wanted to feel a connection with other people gushing about these books I was discovering and falling in love with. And one of the books that was constantly coming up as one of people's top favorites was The Simple Wild. Um, so I wanted to read it. You know, the premise sounded interesting to me. And I read it and unpopular opinion, I didn't love it like everybody else seemed to. I, I didn't hate the book by any means, but it was just, you know, it was a book that I read. Um, so when some of the following sequels came out, I really did not have a desire to read um, the follow-ups just because I felt like I was good with how Jonah and Kala's story ended, and I didn't care enough to read what happened after The Simple Wild ended. Um, but one of the YouTube channels I watched uh, when Running Wild came out mentioned that that this follows Marie, who I didn't have a huge recollection with other than I, I, I vaguely remember her being portrayed as somebody who was a rival for Jonah's affections. Uh, but she was a veterinarian who has been in love with Jonah, um, yeah, unrequited love. And, you know, she's kind of getting over him and she meets somebody else. And all he can offers is friendship. And she doesn't want to go down the road of, you know, kind of what happened with her previously. So I was instantly intrigued because I do love uh, unrequited love. So, like I said, I don't remember much about Marie from the first book, and because I didn't read any of the follow-ups to The Simple Wild, it seems like Marie, after reading some reviews on Goodreads, is not a popular character. Um, I don't know what she did or didn't do in those previous books, so I can't speak to that. But I have to say in this book, I really loved Marie. I am somebody that is very harsh on heroines when I read books. I hate that I am, but I am. But I loved Marie so much. There was a lot of things that I related to her in this book. So um, when this book starts, um, I don't think this is a spoiler because everything I'm going to say basically happens in the prologue. It kind of takes place in the past. Um, we meet Marie as she's first meeting Jonah and she's actually engaged at the point that they meet but whenever she meets Jonah it's just this instant connection with her and kind of the fireworks and butterflies everybody's always talks about and then they just develop this really great friendship and she's just falling more and more in love with this guy so she ultimately does break up with her fiance kind of thinking that her and Jonah are ultimately going to get together it does seem like Jonah reciprocates those feelings, uh, but they sort of have a non-conversation that, you know, they don't want to ruin their friendship. So it doesn't really progress. But meanwhile, Marie spends the next essentially five years just falling more and more in love with this guy, thinking that they're they're going to end up together. So 
the book starts out where she's like, okay, I'm going to finally tell him I'm in love with him. I mean, he has to know. And then she walks into the, um, sorry, I'm forgetting. I'm drawing a blank on what the like airplane place from the simple wild was that Khaled's father ran. Uh, but Khaled had just come to town. And as soon as Marie sees her and the way Jonah is looking at her, she's like, oh, this, this doesn't seem like it's a good situation for me. So then we cut to the present day. Now, at this point, Marie is 38 years old, which is the same age I am. So that's one way I related to her. And her and Jonah are still friends. Um, And she's no longer in love with him. I wouldn't say she's, you know, envious of Kala, but she definitely has these moments where, you know, she's watching them just kind of put together this really beautiful life. And she, it's hard to not think, well, what if? you know, what if Kala never came to town? Or what if I had admitted my feelings to Jonah sooner? You know, what if we were together when she came in? Would things be different? Probably not. But when will it be my turn? You know, all my friends are married. All my friends are starting families. And I'm still single. I wasted five years thinking I was in love with this guy. Well, not thinking she was in love with him, but thinking it was going to go one way. And not to get too much into my personal life, I was in a very similar situation where you kind of think things are going to go one way. And then when it doesn't, you're just kind of left sitting there saying, how did I get this so wrong? So I 100% related to everything Marie was going through in this book. So then we meet our hero, Tyler, who Tyler is a professional musher. He just moved to town. Um, he's getting ready to compete in the Iditarod. And it's kind of interesting to see too. Um, that's not really a sport you hear too much of. I, I really wasn't that familiar with it at all beyond it's, it's a race that takes place in Alaska. So when Marie and Tyler first meet, um, they don't get off on the wrong, on the right foot whatsoever, but they quickly realize, okay, you know, we were both a little hot-headed when we met and, you know, kind of didn't let that stop them from becoming friendly, so to speak. Um, So again, I appreciate that because I feel like that's a setup where in other books that I've read, that just becomes kind of the premise for their whole, you know, sort of hate to love relationship and everything's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this guy is such a jerk. And that's not the case with them. You know, again, Tyler's 37, 38. So he's a little bit older too. They're adults. They realize, okay, you know what? We didn't start off on the best foot. Let's start again. So they become friendly. Um, and then when Marie goes to volunteer as a veterinarian um, on the Iditarod, I can't remember if I said she was a veterinarian already or not. Um, you know, her and Tyler get to know each other at one of the rest stops where um, it's a requirement that racers have to stop for a full 24 hours of rest. And so he does that at a stop that Marie is volunteering on. And they, you know, at this point, they'd been friendly and Marie's like, oh my gosh, this guy's kind of cute. And then they have some cute moments at this, you know, rest area. Area. And she's like, okay, I, I think he likes me too. So as he's getting ready to head back onto the racetrack, she shoots her shot and she's like, hey, listen, you know, good luck out there. And maybe once we get back to town, give me a call, you know, let's go grab some coffee. Let's go grab dinner. And Tyler, oh gosh, it's just punched me right in the gut when I read this is like, listen, um, I was married once before. I lost my wife. I lost in, in, in childhood in childbirth. Sorry. Uh, so, you know, he's a widow and he's like, I like my life. How it is. And Marie's like, okay, well, you know, if anything changes, give me a call. And he's like, I absolutely, I'm not going to change on this, but I would really like for us to be friends. 
which is exactly what every person wants to hear when you're crushing on somebody. Let's just be friends. And so Marie, of course, handled the situation very similarly to how I would. Like, oh, okay, yeah, no, absolutely, we can be friends. Meanwhile, in her mind, she's like, I can't be friends with this guy. I'm already starting to develop feelings for him. And I can't go down this road again where I start to, you know, misinterpret everything. And is he being flirty or is he just being nice? So cut to, you know, of course, romance reasons, their lives become a little more intertwined. Marie becomes the vet for his dogs. And it was just really nice to see a romance between adults who act like adults. There's no over the top, over the top drama. There's no, you know, crazy villain or ex coming back trying to, you know, create problems for them. It's just, you know, two adults that actually do weird things like have conversations with each other. Everything just felt very realistic, very, very relatable. So I just really loved it. Um, it was very close to a five star for me. The only thing that kept it from being a five star was the ending felt a little abrupt. Um, I don't want to spoil anything, kind of given the little setup I gave earlier, you could probably piece together what the third act conflict was. Again, I thought everything was handled appropriately. I just thought there could have been a little more of apology. I thought forgiveness was given a little too quickly. But other than that, I really, really loved this book. It just really got me <laughs> in all my feels. So if you are somebody that has read The Simple Wild and the follow-up books, again, I'm sorry, I forget what the titles of those ones are and you didn't like Marie. I would very much encourage you to check this book out. I thought Marie was fantastic. Um, if it's not a requirement to watch this, uh, to read The Simple Wild, I was able to jump right into this. And I don't know if K.A. Tucker is going to continue writing in this world, but there was definitely some new characters introduced that I wouldn't mind reading about. So I hope she continues, particularly Tyler's brother-in-law. He's a young kid at like 20, 21, but seems like a really, really sweet person. So I'd be very excited to read his story. Um, and even even just to see more of um, Tyler and, and um, oh my gosh, I just draw a blank on the heroine's name that I've been talking about for the last couple of minutes, Marie. Um, so I'd be excited to see them pop up in, in more books as well. So I'm excited to hear what everybody else talks about. Thank you for that, Ashley. Um, yes, we read Simple, Simple Wild. Wild on the show and we... I think, like, we were a pretty strong we really liked it. love on that. I had my husband read it because there were airplanes. Yeah, and that's our that's our way to connect <laughs> to, to our father is to make him read romance books about airplanes. airplanes. There's airplanes! <laughs> um, no, but, uh, we, yeah, we, we really loved that book. Um, and, you know, I'm not against giving uh, troubled heroines their shot, you know? Yeah. We give troubled heroes their shot all, all the, the time. time. Yeah. So, um, color me intrigued. Um, I also just really love what I've read of K.A. Tucker's writing. I think she is a really good writer. Um, okay. So thank you for that, Ashley. Next up, we have Cassie. So let's hear from Cassie on what she's been reading. Hi, no, you almost. It's Cassie. The book I'm recommending is You Made a Fool of Death with Your Beauty by Akwake Amazie. 
the back cover description can summarize the plot a lot better than I can, so I'm going to read it for you. Um, Faye Atticola wants to learn how to be alive again. It's been five years since the accident that killed the love of her life, and she's almost a new person now. An artist with her own studio and sharing a brownstone apartment with her ride-or-die best friend, Joy, who insists it's time for Faye to ease back into the dating scene. Faye isn't ready for anything serious, but a steamy encounter at a rooftop party cascades into a whirlwind summer she could have never imagined. A luxury trip to a tropical island, decadent meals in the glamorous home of a celebrity chef, and a major curator who wants to launch her art career. She's even started dating the perfect guy, but their new relationship might be sabotaged before it has a chance by the dangerous thrill Faye feels every time she locks eyes with the one person in the house who is most definitely off-limits. This new life she asked for just got a lot more complicated, and Faye must begin her search for real answers. Who is she ready to become? Can she release her past and honor her grief while still embracing her future? And of course, there's the biggest question of all. How far is she willing to go for a second chance at love? Akweke Amazie's vivid and passionate writing takes us deep into a world of possibility and healing and the constant bravery of choosing love against all odds. I gave this book five stars. I thought it was magnificent. All the characters in the story were incredibly um, real and layered and human. I really appreciated the messiness of Faye's relationships and her healing journey. It felt very authentic. Um, one thing that I always appreciate in a romance is a main char character who is a widow or a widower um, who was madly in love with their deceased partner. It's so honest and it makes the emotions of the novel and the new relationship feel more real. I think we can fully love more than one person in this life and sometimes loss makes us more open to and more appreciative of new love when we get a chance at it. This book explored that idea really well. I think I would consider this book more romantic fiction instead of a true romance because it takes a while to figure out who Faye's main love interest is and a lot of emphasis is placed on her healing journey. But overall, this was a unique story and it was beautifully written. I loved it and I absolutely recommend it. Thanks for that, Cassie. Um, that sounds quite good. Yeah, it does. Um, and maybe while I was looking up the cover... I also discovered that it's been optioned for a film by, or at least the rights have been obtained for a film by Michael B. Jordan's production company. Oh. So, you throw a little Michael B. Jordan in there. And <laughs> you throw a little Michael B. Jordan anywhere. <laughs> I am with it. <laughs> We're there. Um, so, and also this, this, this title, Cassie, with You Made a Fool of Death with Your Beauty by Akweke Amemzi. Um, so. It's a mouthful. Yeah. Um. So thanks for that, Cassie. Um, also, not sure. I don't think I've been saying the names for all the other books. Um, we had Arthur with the House Across the Lake by Riley Sager, and and I'm glad my mom died by Jeanette McCurdy. We had Mom with the girl the girl in his shadow in his shadow by Audrey Blake. There we go. Because I had, forgot to say the author's name. Yeah, and we had Ashley with Running Wild by K. A. Tucker, and then Cassie. With You Made a Fool of Death with Your Beauty. It's a, I love that title. It's a great title. Um, I, want, I want that on my tombstone. Can you? <laughs> you made a fool. <laughs> Can you do that for me, Ellen? I'm assuming you're still going to be around. <laughs> but nobody would believe it. <laughs> what? 
<laughs> How dare you? Uh, next up, we have Gail with what she's reading. So let's hear from Gail. Hi, Noyomos. My name is Gail, and I'm here to give you my book report for On Rotation by Charlene Obubi. This is a book that I first spotted at my local indie bookstore, and I was interested in it because of the strong Grey's Anatomy vibes. This story was a definite love for me. The author calls it a coming-of-age slash romance, um, and I can definitely see the romance elements in it because uh, it's about a, you know, a younger woman who is in her third year of medical school, and this is the year when she's um, on rotation working in several different departments and also taking a number of important exams. Um, and really how she um, herself kind of grows through that experience. Um, but it's also a, a romance because she meets a young man named Ricky. When they first meet, he is in a relationship and she has recently broken up with someone and so they just become friends. Um, there's de a definite grumpy sunshine element to the story with Angela being the grumpy and Ricky is definitely the sunshine. He is very much a cinnamon roll hero. And I think what's really neat is I think that both Ricky and Angela help each other to grow um, and get through some difficult things. Um, there's, I think, a lot of swoon in the story. Uh, there are so many moments that I really love. Um, the swoony moment that I want to share, though, is um, when Angela and Ricky are first getting to know each other. He invites her to go to a coffee shop while she needs to study for her exams. And so they play this little um, get to know you slash study game. They set a timer and for seven minutes they can talk and get to know each other. And then for 30 minutes, Angela will study for her exams. And then when the 30 minutes is up, they set the timer again. They have another seven minutes to talk and they really do get to know each other well in those seven minute breaks. It's very cute. But my favorite Swoony moment was actually the grand gesture, so I won't share that one with you because that would be a spoiler. Besides the romance, there's a strong family presence in it because Angela comes from a Ghanaian American family. Uh, her parents both immigrated from Ghana and <clears throat> Ricky comes from a Mexican American family. His grandparents immigrated to the United States um, but he was mostly raised by them. And both families have a very strong presence in the story, um, as well as their friend group as well, have a, have a strong presence and influence in the story. So there's just really a lot of uh, family and found family and, um, you know, dealing with, you know, a bit of an interracial um, relationship and... Um, so there's just so many good things. I, I really loved it, um, which is why I went out and bought the book, because I wanted to um, say with my dollars to the publisher, like, this is a great author, please publish more. Um, and I know that the author has plans for a second book, which I am very much looking forward to. So I encourage you to pick up On Rotation by Charlene Obubi. Thanks for that, Gail. That does definitely give some um, Grey's Anatomy vibes. Um, but it sounds, it sounds good. It sounds like a lot of, uh, it sounds very grumancy. Yeah. I was gonna say, it sounds like a lot of the books that we've read. <laughs> um, no, but it, it does sound good. You know, I, I still have room in my heart. 
For Gromance. For Gromance, you guys, definitely. We're not against a book just because it's a Gromance. No, and definitely, I love that you said you used your dollars to tell publisher, you know, this is the kind of book I want you to be yes. spending your dollars on. Um, so, good on you, Gail. Uh, okay, so that was Gail with On Rotation by Charlene Obuobi. Um, next up, we have the trio... That is known as Jessica, Megan, and Jason with what they've been reading. We need to come up with like a, a, a ship name for them. <laughs> ship not, name. Not, not that we ship them, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you guys, Jessica and Jason and Megan, you guys work on. I think they do like call their club something. Jajagan. Jajagan. <laughs> Jajagan. <laughs> Sounds like a... Like jeggings or you know, like jeans or something, but Jajagan. <laughs> Jajag. You guys you guys can run with that, you guys. <laughs> or, um, or write me and say, Don't ever say that again. <laughs> we never want to hear those words uttered ever. Um, so let's hear from Jajagan. Hi, Ellen and Mom. It's Jessica and Megan. Without Jason again. We swear he still exists. He is taking care of his sweet grandbaby this weekend and doing all kinds of fun pep-all things. So he did not have time to talk to us, but we have a quote from him and we're excited to share with No Yomos and you and mom about the book that we read recently, which we actually all loved. Yeah. Finally. Finally. So I'm going to do the quick description and then Megan's going to chat about it a little bit. Um, the book was called A Bride for the Prize Fighter by Alice Coldbreath. Is that how you pronounce it? Coldbreath? Yeah. And I'm going to read the description. So uh, Mina's well-ordered life is thrown into disarray when her father drops a bombshell on his deathbed. She has a brother she never knew of. Not only that, he is on his way to rescue her from the collapse of their school under a mountain of debts. A wild journey across country later, Mina finds herself thrown at the feet of the brutish William Nye, prize fighter and owner of a disreputable inn called the Mary Harlot. Respectable Mina, Mina is appalled to find herself obliged to wed this surly stranger. Forced to draw on reserves of inner strength she never knew she possessed, Mina uncovers perilous secrets and bravely carves herself a new life at the side of this man as she proves herself a more than worthy partner for the prize fighter. Bum, bum, bum. Yay. Okay, so um, again, this is a continuation of our bonkers list that we've been working our way through. Uh, oh, this is Megan. Um, for the past, so it have been bonkers like a year and a half probably at this point. I think Jessica. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That sounds, um, that sounds about right. And uh, we had we hit a, a, a several in a row that not everyone was like one person liked, one person was okay, and then the other person was like no. So we weren't hitting any for a while that like everybody loved. Our last book was like the first one to break the streak, and then this is. Um, the next one that was really awesome. I've read this book um, before. I love this book, spoiler alert. I read it last year for the first time, and then I read it in the winter of this year. 
Um, and then I'm reading again for Bonkers Book Club. So obviously I like this book. Um, I'm going to read Jason's uh, quote. This is a direct text quote from Jason. Um, here we go. I thought he was a dick at first, but then when you hear why, you soften towards him. I hated the brother at first, but he tried to do better. <laughs> that is very true. I truly thought she was great. Nothing faced her from having her um, uh, her crazy uh, wedding to fixing the place up. Because the when she gets to the pub or pub in where she is going to live with her husband, it's like kind of a mess. So... Um, anyway, Jason did really like the book. I obviously loved it. I think the title is a bit deceiving because it, it's, I mean, she is a bride for the prize fighter and that happens right away. So that's not a spoiler. Um, but it is a great book. It's hilarious. The um, cover as well, I think is this, this like the cover and title, they're just not really selling the book. It's hilarious. Um, it's steamy. It's um, a really good, there's some, a little adventure thrown in there. Um, it's a really great book. I love it. I definitely five-starred it the first time I read it. Um, and then again and again. Um, I also read the second book in the series, which I really love. It's not necessarily, you don't really have to read the first book to read that book. It's kind of just set in the same world. Um, the main characters aren't really a part of the other book. It's they're like kind of periphery. The one of the prize fighter in that book is kind of just on the periphery. But I really love these books. Um, I have not read the other series by this author. I think they're like Middle Ages, medieval kind of thing. So um, I'm really interested in those. But take it away, Jekka. So I also love the book. I, we've been doing a lot of dark romance lately, so it was nice to get back into something historical, which is my first love of romance. Um, she was very strong and didn't, and like rolled with the punches. She was very, um, even though she was like very respectable, she didn't judge him that much about like the fact that the inn was called the Mary Harlot and that like he was a fighter and, and she really like, was loyal she felt she was like he's my husband so like when people would say things like she was very loyal to him the reason that um can i tell them the reason why we put it on the bonkers list because of the way oh yeah to each other because it's not really a spoiler so he's her brother yeah. he is her half brother her mother had been married before and he is her half brother and, and then that was a surprise and yeah. that was a surprise like she did not know that she knew that her mother had had a son but she just assumed that since he wasn't around that he was dead um, so she was very surprised to find out she had this brother. Well, then it turns out that her husband is also her brother's brother, her, her brother's brother from his dad, but he, they don't tell them that he, like the brother doesn't tell them that he's just like, this is who you're going to marry. So then when they find out, when the husband finds out like, oh my gosh, you're what's his face's sister. He's like, did he just marry us to each other? And we're half siblings. They're like freaking out and they're not, they're like, she is his sister from his mother and he is his brother from his father. But anyway, it's just a funny they're not setup. At all related. They're, not, they're at all. not at all related to each other, but it was just like a funny setup. And there's this moment where they're like, Oh my, what has just happened? They're so mad at him. And he's like, you guys are crazy. I'm, that's not what I did. 
he's like, but now you're both my siblings and like you're together. So it's very convenient for me. He's very, um, at the beginning, you think he's such a jerk, but then he does turn out to be a better brother, which is kind of cool. He's definitely would be an interesting book because he's kind of like Leo Hathaway. Yeah, absolutely. So then the only other, the last thing I will say is that, um, it, the, the cover description makes it seem like it's a road trip romance because it mm-hmm. says they go on this like wild country. And actually I, Megan's the one that pointed out like, wait a second, why is this in this description? It is not a road trip romance, which is great. Cause I hate them. Um, but if you look at it and you're like, oh, this is going to be a road trip romp. And I love that. It is not like the road trip is like a paragraph of the book. And then, yeah, she does have to travel across the whole country to like go to buy where her brother lives to to meet this man and marry him but like it's not a huge part of the book right 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 and and i would say so if you like historical romance if you like funny historical romance if you like grumpy sunshine i wouldn't necessarily characterize her as sunshine she but she's not she's not grumpy she's just like this is my situation i'll roll with it okay let's do this but he is for sure grumpy he's like the one of the grumpiest grumps I've ever that have ever grumped, I would say. Um, yeah, and and she's a great character. Um, she's very strong, like Jason said. He loves a strong female character, so do we. Um, but she's very loyal too, and I I just I love her character. I think it's so interesting. What I really like about the second book in the series is that the this book the first book is all from Nina's POV you don't get any of um the heroes POV and um the second book is both sides and I really liked that because I would have liked a little bit of Will's um Will's side but it might kind of ruin it because you don't know what he's thinking the whole time so um he's just this serious grump so I do love a grump and marriage of convenience because they get married in like and the first chapter one maybe chapter maybe it's chapter two or something yeah it's marriage of convenience there's elements of there's only one bed there you know it's very like it's a great it's it's got all the tropes it's it's awesome i love it yeah so good (laughs) highly recommend highly recommend no almost go read it highly recommend we are going back into the realm of dark romance and mc clubs next so everybody wish me luck Keep me in your thoughts. And it's like the MC of all MCs. I say that as someone who has read this one. So this next one. So yeah. Ellen and mom could just see that face, but no, he almost could it that I made. I don't think Jason's going to like the next book at all. <laughs> well, team, I, we can't wait to hear all the things that you're reading and um, grow our TBRs. And we're... Um, Gonna let you go. Bye. Thanks, ladies. Um, and you know, in in spirit, Jason. Um that sounds that sounds quite good. It sounds um very much up my alley, especially like You had me at funny. Yeah, funny historical, um, with grumpy. Yes, please. You know I like that. Um so that was Jessica, Jason, and Megan with A Bride for the Prize Fighter by Alice Cold Breath. Um, and yeah, that sounds, it especially sounds like 
quite what I'm looking for right now. You know, good old fashioned romance. That's that's what I'm. That's what my my yearning is right now. Your yearning. My yearning. <laughs> really, I'm just yearning for anything but work right now. But anyway, um, let's now hear from Jill on what she's been reading. Hi, it's Jill. For my free-for-all, I read a little-known indie called Archer's Voice. I kid, because this book is everywhere. It kept showing up as suggested posts in my Instagram feed. So I requested it from the library weeks ago, and it recently became available. Can we talk about social media and books? The algorithms for Instagram are pretty disturbing, because I follow one bookstagram account and a couple of cats. And boom, I'm inundated with suggestions for reels, where the poster unveils five romance books or a cat snuggling a duck. Is this the case for anyone else? So then I took a step back to evaluate books and social media accounts. Here are my observations not backed by any legitimate scientific research. Facebook. There's lots of groups out there for readers. I'm in two groups, not counting No Yomo. Pretty much once a day someone posts about reading Where the Crawdads Sing. Instagram. This is all about cover colors and swooning over book boyfriends. Heavy on visuals because, obvi, it's Instagram. Goodreads, a place for me to keep track of books I've read and rated because I have a hard time remembering them. Also a place for people to write long reviews and pepper them with gifs. And yes, I say gifs. YouTube, people reviewing books. Y'all, some of these videos are an hour long. If I had that time, I would be reading a book. TikTok, I'm too old for TikTok. Anyways, back to Archer's voice. I read it in a day. It was my first Mia Sheridan book and I liked it all right. Archer was very sweet. It was spicy. But the best part was I was able to go back to the No Yomo archives and listen to Ellen and Mom's thoughts. I think the episode dropped in January 2020, aka the before times, and I didn't get into romance until a few months into the pandemic, which is how I found this beloved podcast. You two really thought it was angsty, and I tend to agree. Anyways, I'm on vacation next week and will be reading my Oxford year by Julia Whelan. I'm super looking forward to it because I love to thank you for listening. Can't wait to hear what everyone else is reading. Thanks for that, Jill. Yes, we did read it in, in the before times. Um, and yeah, it's interesting to hear you, you tell us our thoughts because I was like, I don't remember anything. <laughs> you said I remember I was at your house when I was reading it. But um... Yeah, I do remember we recorded it at my house. Um, yeah, it was, um, that's the one where he's deaf. deaf, right? Yeah. Yeah, and he's really scraggly in the beginning and um, she's like, kind of thinks he's a homeless man or something and and then um anyway and they become friends and I remember like they would talk during sex and she had to use sign language and I'm like how <laughs> it's one of those books where you're like how is all this happening there's just a lot going on here um yeah but I do remember that we liked it despite the angst like it wasn't one that we were like down on I don't, right well it was before angst was an issue because it was pre-pandemic yeah <laughs> yeah yeah because that was yeah, that was a rough time for any sort of angst. Um, so that was Jill with Archer's Voice by Mia Sheridan. Um, thank you for that, Jill. Fun to kind of reminisce. reminisce. Oh, remember the days. <laughs> remember the days when we recorded in my apartment sometimes. Um, okay, next up we have Catherine with a book that might sound a little familiar. For the free-for-all this summer, I read On Rotation by Shirlene Obuobi. This book is a perfect slump buster and is a good recommendation for non-romance readers while still very, very much being a romance. 
On rotation is about Angie, a third-year medical student, and that's when medical students start their clinical rotations, and it's the hands-on, real-life experience part of med school where they literally go on rotation and try all the different types of doctoring. It is such a well-written book, and I highly recommend it. After getting a bad score on an important test that you can only take once, step one of the medical boards, and breaking up with her boyfriend, Angie goes off to be sad, and she meets this guy who asks to make a painting of her, and then they go um, have this deep, adventurous day together. Then, when he think- she thinks that he's going in for the kiss, she says something flirty, and he gets all shocked, like, oh, I have a girlfriend, and then she's like, F you, lose my number. But then she's at the Beyonce concert with her friends and he's there with his girlfriend and all of a sudden they get wrapped up into their friend group and then, you know, later on, her roomie starts dating his best friend. So after some initial animosity, they end up becoming friends and he volunteers with Child Life at the pediatric hospital where she's on rotation, so they become close. Um, Side note, I do some work at a pediatric hospital now, and I went into work and told everyone that Child Life was well represented in this book, and it made everyone really happy. Child Life is a very cool and important, if not underappreciated, department um, that focuses on the kids while they're, you know, having medical uh, procedures. On Rotation has friends to lovers vibes, and I'm beginning to realize that the trope works best for me when we get to see the friendship starting from the beginning on the page and like in a real-time friendship starting, not flashbacks. There's just such a special feeling seeing two people who deeply care for each other and love each other even before the first kiss. And I don't like any of that men and women can't be friends nonsense, so this is a good lane of the road um, for me. And in fact, Ricky's friends are all women and non-binary, and it's a non-issue in this book, which is good. Um, There's a lot of fun footnotes, so anyone who struggles with fine motor skills might want to read it as a physical book, but at least for me, it worked out just fine on Kindle. You just had to press on the asterisks. Because Angie is both a medical student and Ghanaian, the footnotes are used to explain things in the text that not everyone would know, but they're also in there for random voicey things too, and it's all really well done and cute and adds to the book. Ricky the Hero is Mexican-American. I point this out because almost all of the romance novels with interracial couples that I've read are between a white person and a person of color. Obviously, I adore those books too, but this type of interracial relationship where white people aren't involved at all is a different dynamic and even more underrepresented in books. I can think of a lot of Noyomos who would love this book. It's definitely a romance, not a gromance, but they're 25, so they do so much growing in this book that if you like romances, you'll like this one too. To be fair, I was 25 when I started listening to the podcast, and I don't know how much I've actually grown um, since then, but that's neither here nor there. This is about Angie and Ricky, not me. And I'll sneakily add what I'm currently reading. It was my original plan for the free-for-all to read um, Bet on It by Jodi Slaughter. And I didn't think it was going to come in in time, and then it did, so I was able to read it. Bet on It by Jodi Slaughter was pitched on TikTok 
as a bingo sex pact book. So obviously I had to check it out and it absolutely lives up to the premise and it's just a charming small town romance with anxiety and complex PTSD rep and you honestly might think that I wonder if Jodie Slaughter is in Noyomo because there's a Peaches reference that makes me think that it's some sort of inside joke with us. I mean probably not but I think everyone in the Noyomos would get a good chuckle out of that as well and it's just a really sweet cute book. If you're having a hard time finding a good book to connect with right now, I would recommend either of these books in a heartbeat. If you just finished Book Lovers by Emily Henry and now you're in a book slump and you want a romance novel that has that high literary merit quality to it and it's just like a really compelling storytelling and compelling story, I would definitely try on rotation. And if you're in a book lover's induced slump because you want a couple who knows who they are, who knows what they need, and just killing it in a small town, um, then try bet on it. Ellen, I am wishing the best for you and your students this year. I hope you both get a chance to enjoy your new pool. And shout out to all the Noyomos. I can't wait to hear what y'all have been reading. Take care. Thanks for that, Catherine. Um, yeah, I'm hoping I'll feel more hopeful. <laughs> but You'll be fine. I'll be fine. Um, and both of those sound delightful. Yes. Um, and the peaches reference made both of us a <laughs> I'm uh, glad that my peaches thing has become a thing. It's a deep, deep cut. <laughs> um, your peaches thing. Well, I made the comment about you. Because you oh. were saying that you don't think, think you taste like, like peaches. peaches. Yeah. Okay. I don't know how you get that. I get the credit for everything, Ellen. <laughs> I'm uh, surprised you don't know that by now. <laughs> I know you think you do. Um, but that, that brought a lot of uh, joy to us. So thank you for that, Catherine. That was Catherine with On Rotation by Charlene Obuobi. Again, um, she's echoing uh, Gail's recommendation. And then also Catherine had Bet on It by Jody Slaughter. Um, next up, this one's kind of fun. We have Kendra with her mom, Nancy. Aww. So let's hear from Kendra and her mom. Hi, this is Kendra. And I'm her mother, Nancy. And we're here today to review uh, Heart and Soul by Jen Fredericks. So, what I thought, my thought about the book overall was um, I give it two and a half stars, um, but we will get back to why I gave it that rating. What did you think, Mama? I really liked Heart and Soul. I enjoyed the fact that the boyfriend, Eugene, immediately fell for Hara and was patiently waiting for her to come around. Uh, the setting, with all the hints of Korean culture and tradition, made it especially interesting to me. The, those added a lot of color and richness to the story. The, um, these gave the book an interesting feel with unexpected responses and unexpected junctures, which led in ways I wouldn't have anticipated. And those are aspects I especially enjoyed about the book. I was disappointed with the ending, but it did lead me to immediately buy the sequel which I feel will end on a very happy note. <laughs> okay, thanks for that, Mama. Well, I, I, um, 
didn't care for the book as much as my mom. Um, I'm a Korean adoptee. And so I really appreciated the premise, which is a Korean adoptee returning to her birth country to find her birth parent. And I really enjoyed learning about Korea, about the culture, about the city of Seoul, about the language. I actually did a combination of reading this and then also listening to it on, on audiobook. So I got the pronunciations and I really enjoyed that. Um, I also enjoyed knitting while I was <laughs> listening to the audiobook. So um, that was also an enjoyable experience. However, my main complaint is that I did not care for the lead character, Hara. I found her to be immature and self-centered, which meant she made immature self-centered decisions that drove me crazy. Um, the Her love interest, Yujun, I thought he was very nice, but I think that's because he was a cookie cutter boyfriend. He felt like a cardboard cutout of a love interest and did not have much personality. He was just such a nice guy. And ultimately I felt there was no chemistry between them because he was such a cookie cutter and she was so immature. And I know Ellen and your mom love witty banter, which means this is not the book for you because this book had no witty banter. Um, and uh, what was your swooniest moment, Mama? Oh, at the river. I thought that was very romantic. I was very touched by it when they meet at the river. And um, I guess the river would also be my swooniest moment. Um, what is not my swooniest moment would be, um, spoiler, uh, at the end of the book. And I'll just say, as a warning to everyone, um, Heart and Soul has neither an HFN, a happy for now, or an HEA happily ever after. And um, for that reason, um, I did not love the book. And then also, I don't even know that it should be categorized as a romance because it was, we all know that's the definition of a romance. So ultimately I give it two and a half stars. Um, I appreciated the, I appreciated the concept. I appreciated um, that her taking this on. Um, however, I, did not think it was that well written. I thought it was serviceable, but I didn't. I didn't think the writing really carried it anywhere. Um, any final thoughts? As I said, I enjoyed it quite a bit, and I would give it four stars. Okay. Well, thanks, Mama, and thank you so much for listening to our review today of Heart and Soul by Jen Fredericks. Bye. Thanks, Kendra and Nancy. You guys are much sweeter to each other. Than we are. <laughs> when we were listening, I was like, oh, they talk to you just like we do, Ellen. <laughs> but I was saying it sarcastically. Um, no, I loved that. That was... Uh, that was fun to have a, fun. another mom-daughter. Yeah. And um, also fun to have um, a review on here that's maybe not as yeah. ringing yeah. of an endorsement. I agree. I'm not against that at all. Like... Your book, if you want to say, if you've got beef with a book, send it in. If you like the title Heart and Soul, go watch the movie Heart and Soul. Well, it's Heart and Soul like Korea. Oh. Like oh. Seoul, Korea. Well, that ruins it. <laughs> but there is a great movie well, called that, Heart and Soul. That is, that is a cute title, though. It is a cute title. It that way. Um, no, I, I loved the movie Heart and Soul when I was a child. And I think I've told this story before, maybe. But... Um, 
pre-Iron Man, so, like, pre... Because Robert Downey Jr. is in Heart and Soul with, like, Charles Grodin. Um, Elizabeth Shue. Elizabeth Shue. Uh, Kira Sedgwick. Alfred Woodard. Um, what's... Tom Sizemore. Tom Sizemore. Um, I loved that movie. It's kind of a weird plot, but I love it. Is it late 80s? No, early, early 90s. 90s. Um, and so I'm at Sundance Film Festival pre uh, Iron Man, so kind of before Robert Downey Jr. has had his like uh, resurgence. It's, it's post drug problems, pre Iron Man. Correct. Robert Downey Jr. When, when I saw him at Sundance. Um, and so he's coming out of this like club that like we would always hang out by um, to see people coming out of. Um, and he's walking by and all the paparazzi there are trying to take his picture and everybody's trying to grab at him. And, um, and I just kind of like yell out, I loved you in heart and soul. And he like stops in the middle of the crowd and turns to me and he's like, I don't get that one very often. (laughs) I'm like, I like what I like. (laughs) There you go. Robert Downey Jr. Ellen's brush with greatness. (laughs) Um, Anyway, back to <laughs> Kendra and Nancy. Um, uh, but yes, I love to hear differing opinions on a book. Um, and I, especially from a mom and daughter, because sometimes I feel like mom and I are often too similar. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so that's fun to hear that you guys had different takes on it. Um, and yeah, if there's not Winnie Banter, it's like, what's even the point? What's the point of reading this? <laughs> But that was Kendra and Nancy with Heart and Soul, like Soul, Soul Korea. Korea. Got it. By Jen Frederick. Um, next up, we have Maida with what she's been reading. So let's hear from her. Hi, Noyomos. This is Maida. Today, I'm going to share a review of the Lo- Loathe to Love You set of novellas from Allie Hazelwood. They were released um, earlier this year first um, as uh, audiobooks, one at a time, and then the three ebooks came out, which is how I read them, um, because I don't listen to that many audiobooks. So there are three novellas um, that center around kind of three uh, women friends who are all STEM, um, in, in different STEM careers. And one is an environmental engineer, one is a civil engineer, and the other one is an aerospace engineer. And they sort of follow um, Allie Hazelwood's kind of signature formula of an um, emotionally stunted woman who charms a tall, stoic man. And um, a couple of them, because their novellas have more of an insta-love feel, but they're funny and, um, you know, go quickly because they're short. And um, But they're still connected because they have the three characters that are friends. Um, I think the first one, Under One Roof, is my favorite, um, but I liked the conflict in the second one, Stuck With You, the most. If anyone out there is an academic who has published journal articles, I think you'll find the conflict um, clever there. And the third one is set in a kind of an Arctic research, research station funded by NASA, which is kind of fun and interesting. So they, they all have different kind of STEM um, aspects to them. Um, and then these kind of, you know, tall men who are interested in these these um, charming, smart women. So if you're interested, if you liked The Love Hypothesis, you'll probably like these. I think her new book is 
probably similar in the same vein, but I'll read it because I, I, I tend to like what she does. Um, I get a little bit annoyed at the heroines, but it's okay. Um, great. I hope you all uh, have some good books to share too. I'm looking forward to hearing. Thanks. Thanks for that, Maida. Man, Allie Hazelwood has definitely been on a roll. First of all, she's got like a ton of books coming out. Yeah. Like she had, I mean, it, it wasn't... My Kindle keeps telling me I need to buy those books, and it's like, okay, calm down, Kindle. Calm down, Kindle. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and, like, she's all over, like, romance social media and stuff. Like, people are just... All about Allie and Hazelwood. You guys, I know, so you guys had her really high on the poll for this, um, this upcoming cycle, but I was trying to get some fresh blood in, and um, I've already done one of hers this year. And I mean, I realize that that sounds hypocritical when we've literally done every book that Sally Thorne has ever written, and <laughs> Sally Thorne is. But my thinking was, yeah, Allie Hazelwood has been on a on a list this year, whereas Sally Thorne hasn't been on on one in a while, because um, she's just not as prolific, I guess, as Allie Hazelwood. Allie Hazelwood's pumping um, them out. Yeah, she's pumping them. Um, but thank you for that. That was Maida with the, uh, novella anthology, Loathe to Love You by Ali Hazelwood. Uh, next up we have Miriam with what she's been reading. She records from a train, so the sound is a little iffy. I'm going to do my best to clean it up, to clean it up, but I make no promises. So here's Miriam. Hi, it's Miriam here. Um, yeah, I'm on a train, so maybe you can't hear this, but I'll give it a go. Um, I'm keeping it really quick, as I know I'm super late. So I read uh, 12 Days in May by Neve Harrigan. It's set at the Cannes Film Festival. Uh, so Lizzie is an American Scottish, uh, working with the Scottish Film Board. Kieran is an Irish director. His second film will be debuting at the festival. They haven't seen each other in 12 years, since they were both doing their Erasmus year in Bordeaux, and they left on bad terms. Uh, maybe there are loads of Erasmus themed books out there but I haven't come across them even though I'm sure there have been many international romances arising during that um, study abroad year but it's hard to know how much is about study and how much about discovering yourself anyway uh, we get to know that they left on bad terms oh right, well I already said that but anyway <laughs> we get to know that we, they left on bad terms and um through flashbacks we find out more though I was, I was happy enough that this wasn't dragged out over the course of the whole book um, Kieran's film is subject to allegations of plagiarism and as it's loosely based on their year in France though with a happy ending he asks Lizzie if she'll back him up in proving it's his own work and obviously they get to talking and figuring out where things went wrong when they were young and stupid I read plenty of modern Irish literature but not much romance and I think it's like I don't know, it, it might hit too close to the bone or something. Um, Lizzie isn't Irish, but as the writer is, I'm sure there's probably loads of Irishisms in there that aren't meant to be there. I felt I had a lot in common with her, and that was probably partly why I enjoyed it in general, even if it wasn't perfect. It's kind of funny because um, the plagiarism thing seemed based on something so generic. For a while I thought of writing, and I did write some bits of a book that did have parts based on a couple meeting during an Erasmus year and I, I mean at this stage I know I'll never write it but I was reading this thinking oh people will just think I ripped this off um, but anyway yeah don't, I don't see that <laughs> I, 
I don't see myself ever getting any further with that. Like, but um, my latest excuse can be uh, my book was was going to finish at the Swallow's Nest in Crimea, so I definitely can't write it because um, you know can't go over there anymore to do any research. Um, yeah. So earlier on, like it was mentioned, that Lizzie was organising a KB, and I knew that was where there was going to be some grand decoration or gesture, and so there was. But, um, yeah, I just, I suppose I'll finish it there. I mean, I, I really liked it overall, but part of that might just be sentiment. Anyway, um, see if this makes it in, and I look forward to the episode. I mean, now that's dedication. Miriam <laughs> is literally sending in book reports on the go. Um, she's, Multitasking. Yeah, like, that is a woman who's just making things happen, you know? Um, so, I appreciate it, Miriam. Um, and, yeah, there really is something about a study abroad, because, like, literally when I was going on my study abroad when I was 20, which is crazy that it was so long ago. <laughs> um, but uh, when I was going on my study abroad, like, all the girls were just like, and I mean, maybe myself to a certain extent, but like everybody just had all these like romantic notions of falling in love in Europe. <laughs> and that's just kind of funny. But, um, but, and, um, and did they? Um, I'm trying to think if like even anybody did. Like with a local, right? With some, not with someone from the group, but. I think somebody like had a make-out session with somebody at a club. That doesn't count. I know. It's not love. That was the other thing, is, like, they all wanted to, like, kiss a rando. <laughs> like, it was either, like, fall in love or kiss a rando. Like, and so everybody was going for that. I won't name names, but one of my friends in particular I was really... bet I can guess. <laughs> Johnson for that. Um, so, um, that was fun. Anyway, um... Miriam, that sounds interesting. It sounds, um, I found what you're saying about your Irish lit hitting a little too close to home to be interesting. Um, cause like, I know it's even like when we're reading books set in Northern California, we get really like nitpicky about, <laughs> they're not doing this right. The this traffic <laughs> and all sorts of things. So, um, that's well, and I think that you should write your book. Yeah. I mean, I get that you can't you're, go do research right now. Miriam, but. you're a girl making things happen. Yeah. You're recording audio on a, train. on a train. Like, you can still write this book. <laughs> Find a way. I believe in you. Um, so, that was Miriam with 12 Days in May by Niam Hargan. I'm not sure if I said that right, but, because it's a very Irish name. And <laughs> no offense, Miriam, but you guys have some wacky spellings for stuff. Um... <laughs> So, next up we have Precious with what she's been reading. So, let's hear from Precious. Okay, so for the summer, um, 2022 free-for-all, my book report is going to be on Totally Spooked by Zoe Indiana. Um, the tropes in it are faded meat, content warnings for death of a loved one. Um, it's referred, but not, like, on the page, so that might be a factor. The, the book's description, according to Amazon, is... 
blindfolded speed dating or shifters. What could go wrong? I spent years fighting alongside some of the best males I've ever known. One mission went wrong, and I watched as my twin brother died in my arms. Now, I've settled into a less dangerous job developing new sonar technology for the military. My life looks perfect, but I can't get rid of this feeling I'm missing something. My family and friends keep pushing me to date, hoping I'll finally find someone to keep me busy. I don't want Mrs. right now. I need my fated mate. My beast drives me to find her, so I keep agreeing to blind dates that end badly. But when a friend shows up on Halloween with an invite to a shifter speed dating event, I can't pass on this chance to find my fated mate totally spooked is the first in a series of short, steamy, shifter holiday romances. If you love baddie adventures, wounded heroes, and fated mates, then you won't want to miss out on this treat. Read Totally Spooked today to start your next delicious adventure. I rated it five stars. Um, again, like, um, Burn For Me, it's also the first book in the series, and I've kind of been binging the series. Um, I'm currently in a paranormal kind of mood with my reading. Um, the series can be read out of order according to the author. I read it out of order. I read Totally Spooked. Then I jumped to book seven, which is Surely Sparked. And that's a uh, 4th of July, um, like holiday romance. Um, and then Totally Frosted, Totally Dusted. And next week, I'm actually gonna read Totally Basic Wizards Book 2 for my first ever buddy read. And that's exciting. And then after I finish that buddy read, I wanna read the, um, read and follow the uh, series order of the Black Ops Bodyguard Shifter series, which is also by the same author and kind of in the same world. So I know for sure it has a couple of characters in common. So if you've seen them in the Shifter Blind Date series, you might might see them in the Black Ops Bodyguard Shifter series. And it includes Marked by the Panther, and Marked by the Lion, and Marked by the Cougar. And strangely, I'm reading out of order, which I don't usually do, but it helped me grow more invested in the characters. So that might be interesting spin on it. If a series can be read out of order, I'd recommend doing so. Um, because it, at least in my case, caused me to be more invested in the characters. So I think it's advisable. Alright, thank you for that, Precious. Yeah, I definitely get in, like, paranormal moods. Yes. That's, that's what happens to me with paranormal. Where it's just... Or, like... I don't know, especially if I've been, like, on a kick of romance or angsty or anything like that. I'm like, you know what I need is just some weird shifters, like... <laughs> like some weird bonkers paranormal crap. Yeah. Shifters who are just like, I have to bang you because my it, it's in my soul. <laughs> that my I bang, soulmate. That I bang That you be you. banged by me. <laughs> Parts of my body need to be inside the parts <laughs> of your body. Um, Which is how they're written. That's, <laughs> the, um, listen, I should just write. I'm teaching my kids, like, how to 
add details, so I keep giving examples of stories. Like, I'm like, what if Harry Potter was just, like, there's this kid who finds out he's a wizard, and he goes to this school, and then a guy without a nose, you know, starts trying to <laughs> attack him. Like, would that be a good book? And, you know, they're all kids, and they're like, yeah, I want to read it! Sure! <laughs> sure! <laughs> Amen, brother. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm just so... Anyway, so that's what I should do. Is I, I don't think J.K. Rowling would have made all the money. That she <laughs> Probably not. That's what I'm, that was my point. <laughs> um, yeah, or I get that way with historicals. Like a lot of times when we've just been reading a bunch of contemporaries, it's like I just need a sweet little historical. Yeah, but even though historicals don't always tend to be, sometimes those no, historicals, they man, they like hey, come out of nowhere. The ones I just read, I was like, wow, this is, this is, everybody be dying. Oh. I thought, like, I'm talking, like, saucy. Oh, no, yeah, they are. This one wasn't saucy. <laughs> um, they don't even so, have sex, which is, gosh, what's the what's point? The point? <laughs> um, but I think it's coming in other books, so. <laughs> that was Precious with Totally Spooked by Zoe Indiana, which is quite the author. Oh, name. I love that. <laughs> it sounds like a... <laughs> name the dog Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> um, next up, speaking of bonkers books. Let's hear from Sarah about what she's been reading. <laughs> Sarah will not disappoint. No. Hey listeners, this is Sarah O coming at you with a book that is way outside your normal potato patch, but I am starch raving mad about All He Wants for Christmas is a Fingerling by J.P. Sale. This is a shifter romance between an alpha werewolf and an omega potato shifter named Frenchie. You heard me right, there's a potato named Frenchie. This is an M-Prager male pregnancy Omegaverse, which is a very, very strange universe in which there are fated mates and possessive partners. So when Tala, an alpha male wear shifter, who is also an auto mechanic, feels his fated mate near a potato farm, you know you're in for a wild ride. As he goes to Potatoville, a magical place not on the map to fix the transmission of a truck, he feels something funny. He says, I must have been baking my brains out in the cab of the truck for too long. How can he smell like my favorite fries covered in ketchup? And so begins the romance. The grumpy mechanic tries but cannot turn from his mate, a ray of sunshine potato. This book is full of laughs, thoughts of WTF, questioning your sanity for loving it. And did I mention WTF? This book does have some very, very spicy and dirty scenes because Frenchie is one hot potato. That is a warning. I laugh through lines such as, nobody likes a hairy potato, names such as Frenchie and Russ for the potatoes, and completely then going along with Frenchie needing ancestral dirt to heal him. If you are looking for a totally weird but somehow charming and fun quick read, go in with zero expectations, a very open mind, and enjoy an unexpected love affair with an alpha wolf and a sassy queen of a potato as they find their way through love, pack politics, fighting rituals, which were very odd, and ultimately finding love. I left this book wanting to tell everyone about this weird little thing, but also feeling concerned that I would be judged and my sanity would be questioned. But anyways, here I am. Will I read this whole series? Yes. Was it my gateway drug into unusual shifter books? Yes. Am I about to read a book about a balloon shifter called Squeak? Also yes, sadly. What has become of me? I really don't know, but sometimes stepping out of your comfort zone so far is worth it. Shout out to Mary B. for pushing me into this potato patch and Amy D. for pushing me into doing a book report after I told her about this at a Penny Read Meetup. Wishing you all a great week. 
I don't get the point of shifting into a potato. <laughs> I have so many questions, Sarah. I need to know the mechanics of how this is working. Is it like a normal-sized potato and he's a normal-sized man? Do You said biting ritual. Is that like how they... It sounds almost like cannibalism if you're <laughs> shifted into a potato. Um, also, like, who wants to eat raw potato? Ew. Uh, <laughs> well, apparently this guy does. Um, I have lived in the great state of Idaho and the great state of Maine, both known for their potatoes. Yeah. But I don't, I, I don't know, Sarah. <laughs> I don't know if you sold me, but um, you know what? You do you, girl. You know what, Sarah? You might have sold me because I... <laughs> like I I need to know so many there's so many unanswered questions um here that um you know I I just might have to to read to believe um so that was Sarah O with all he wants for Christmas is a fingerling by J P Sale she's just the title alone sounds <laughs> so it's raunchy. a fingerling potato so it's not even like a normal sized potato i hope that they're not biting this fingerling potato because I, I then don't, there's not much of it left i don't know what to tell you ellen i i i need to know i have questions i well, need answers dm sarah <laughs> i i'm you know sarah and i would actually um <laughs> Okay, so thanks for that, Sarah. Um, even though you've now left me with, you know... More questions than answers. Yeah, how dare you. Um, next up, and finally, actually, uh, we have Tiernan with what she's been reading. So let's hear from Tiernan. Hi, No Yomos, it's Tiernan. And for this free-for-all, I read Kismet by Lauren Blakely. This book is about Jo, an American art curator who is transferred to London from her New York City-based art house. On her first night there, she's at a bar in London and she meets a charming English man named Heath. They have instant chemistry and a one-night stand. The next morning, at her first day at the office, she is introduced to her new co-director, who is also in the running for the same directorship promotion. Of course, it's Heath. Both Jo and Heath try to keep everything professional and remain friends and colleagues, but we know how that goes and they can't help but fall more in love with one another. This was such a cute book and it reminded me of Wanderlust and The Hating Game. Joe and Heath get to know each other and they explore London together. Before Joe transferred, her friends gave her kind of like a coffee table book of all the famous spots in London and she was taking pictures of herself at these spots and then sending them to her friends. But then as she and Heath start hanging out, he takes her to more off the beaten path places, less touristy. And she gets to know London that way, very similar to um, Wanderlust and how they explore Paris together. It's an important note that Joe hates London and she didn't really want to go, but because of the promotion, she really had to. She had previously studied there as a graduate student, and we learn why she hates London as the story unfolds, and she hasn't been back since. Kismet reminded me of the part in The Hating Game when Josh and Lucy were both vying for the same promotion, but how they become friends and they start hanging out 
And we learn that Josh has been in love with Lucy since he first met her on his first day at uh, the publishing house. I liked that both Joe and Heath have different personal journeys while they grow close to one another, but it's not, they're not wrapped up in each other's growth, but they're a part of it. If that makes sense. Joe has some family issues with her dad. Uh, there's a best friend betrayal that's kind of related to her hating London. And she has to make some professional decisions that will change the course of her future in terms of her, you know, the job there and her personal life. Heath, yes, while a grump for good reason, has been closed off romantically and socially. But he starts to come out of that isolation when he meets Joe. He has closure from a past love, and he also starts to explore what he wants professionally and romantically, you know, when he meets Joe and that he can love again. Heath is an absolute cinnamon roll. He's a book lover and he frequents his local bookshop and has great interactions and banter with the, uh, the staff there. I listened to this as an audible original and it was included in my subscription. It has a narrator for both of the main characters And although the narrator for Heath was great, I would have loved for uh, it to have been Richard Armitage. So maybe I'll have to read Wanderlust again. If you need a quick read uh, or an audio listen that's really sweet and swoony, I definitely recommend Kismet. I'm ready to hear what everybody else read and add to that never-ending TBR that we all have. Thanks so much. Uh, That Richard Armitage... Every book should be narrated by Richard Armitage. <laughs> yeah, if I had my druthers. Um, I know we've talked about this, like, ad nauseum on this show before, but, you know, like, if we haven't talked about it in a while, and, like, some people are new listeners, but that audiobook experience for me <laughs> was, um, let's just put it this way, sitting in a sandwich shop during my lunch break, listening to Richard Armitage say dirty dirty things in my ear was a bit unsettling and um, you wouldn't trade it for the world (laughs) (laughs) well i would trade it for a different location like i would rather be like somewhere where would you rather be i want to hear this little (laughs) fantasy of yours (laughs) with him actually there um no it was uh yeah 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 um so that was um, Tiernan with Kismet by Lauren Blakely. And I am looking for um, a nice audiobook. So color me intrigued on that yes. as well. Um, but agree that. And we have traveled to London, so we might. You We're know. experts. Yeah, we know all about London. <laughs> um, we were there for three days. We're yeah, experts. Totally. Um, so, you guys, that was the free-for-all. Yay! Any final thoughts from you? No, you guys always deliver, and we love it. Yeah, we do. Um, we had so much fun hearing from so many of you. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is Not Your Mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads group, our Twitter and Instagram, which are both at Not Your Mom's Rom, or you can email us at Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club at gmail. 
Com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we would love to hear from you. On September 5th, uh, we'll be taking a break because I need it desperately. Um, and also for our U.S. listeners, it's a holiday weekend. Go do stuff with your friends and family. Um, but then come back to us on September 12th because we will be talking about Transcendence by Shay Savage. Um, so we look forward to seeing you guys for that one. Remember, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show, and we just love to read them. All right. Thanks, Mom. Welcome, Ellen. Bye. Bye. Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.